And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. First Friday, the Feast of the Guardian Angels. Welcome to Friday Live. I'm Jim. And I'm Cheryl. Thanks for tuning in. And we're happy to be here with you on this uh, lovely, turned into a lovely day. I know. I came in early this morning to uh, record Bill and George's program, and um, it was raining and misty and foggy. Foggy, and then did their program. Bishop came in, did his program, and then I st- when the bishop left, I went out and the sun was shining. So. Well, that's the time like of year. Different where you day. Just, every couple of hours, look out the window. It's something else. And oh, what a day it's been. Just very, first Fridays are always very hectic here. But even more so today, just a lot of A lot going on. Extra of things. The people are away. People, you know, are concerned about the president and the first lady who have mm. been uh, tested positive for COVID. Although I just heard on the news, I was in my office getting some work done and... and uh, they said that he's he's working. He's, I'm sure he has just light cold symptoms, like yeah. he has a little cold. So anyway, we'll keep them in prayer. Uh, also, um, we have a, a lovely program lined up for you. A little later on this hour, we're going to be joined by James Day, who's written a book about Saint Michael the Archangel, whose feast we celebrated a few days ago. A very popular saint. Mm-hmm. So, and he has a special devotion to uh, uh, Saint Michael. He'll talk about that. Mm. Published by our Sunday Visitor. Um, uh, you know what? I forgot to I forgot to text Jim about the weather. <laughs> I'm well, assuming Jim will be here. I'll text him at one point. We'll double check. Um, hopefully, Jim will be here. We're gonna play "Name That Catholic Tune" in the next hour. Uh, the Gospel for this coming Sunday, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our reflection today is by Father Gary Koch, and then um, also going to be joined by uh, Mrs. Tammy Corber. And she is the head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist up in Ottsville, Pennsylvania, in Bucks County, uh, to talk about the academy and and uh, all the wonderful things that go on there, but how they're, as far as a school goes, an elementary school. Sure. That, uh, back to school is different in every it. single mm-hmm. school in the, in the neighborhood. So we want to know how they're doing it. I know they do great things there, and I'm sure she had an excellent plan, and mm-hmm. we want to Check in and see how everything's going. And then also, um, just some some uh, breaking news, so to speak. Um, uh, did get a text from Brian Middleton. You know, we've been praying, praying, praying for uh, his daughter. He and his wife, Susan's daughter, uh, Maria, who has the tumor on her brainstem. And actually, they were all gathered in her room today, the hospital room, um, feeling that this might be the day the Lord was going to call her home. They had just finished praying um, the, the prayer to the guardian angels and, and other prayers at her bedside when his phone rang, and he got a message from a, a Monsignor. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's, so anyway, I'm going to share that with you. And he actually, he actually texted me the message uh, saying that there will be a miracle tomorrow. Mm. And Brian said, please let the people know there's going to be, and pray, but not anything other than, Thank you for the miracle. They have such deep, profound faith and uh, undying hope. Yeah. So I'll get into more detail next hour, gathering all this information here and actually play you the message from the Monsignor. And I had not heard of him, uh, the Monsignor who called. Um, uh, Monsignor, I, it's, uh, I have it right here. It? S- oh, Essef, E-S-S-E-F-F, Monsignor Essef from Scranton. Okay who actually was, uh, did a lot of work uh, with Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, and then also knew Padre Pio, and Padre Pio was his spiritual father. So a lot of things going on. But anyway, I will share more of that with you, so stay tuned for that in the 5 o'clock hour. But 
We're going to pray right now, my friends, and as always, we invite you to join us in prayer today in a special way, of course, as we pray every day for our country, uh, in a special way included in these prayers, we will include President Trump and uh, the First Lady, who both have been uh, tested positive for COVID-19, although very mild symptoms, they say. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll keep him in prayer. He is 74 years old, and uh, people have been saying on the news that he's 244 pounds. And that, you know, in relation to his height and his BMI would make him clinically obese. Yeah, he's like, just a big strapping looks guy. Looks fine to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm in that same category. You and I can't be talking about that. No. But so <laughs> they say that they have people in that, you know, who are considered clinically obese are more more at risk. But mm-hmm. anyway, we'll keep the president in our prayers. They Indeed. say he's doing his work. He's on the and phone. Of- he's, you know. And of course, we'll pray for Maria. Pray for Maria. And that family, you know, just keep, keep and the miracle. so vigilant. You mm-hmm. know, and Brian was, and actually, you had you sent to me, I was in my office, you sent me our cousin Will. Yes, talking about prayer. Will, as you might uh, remember, if you've called in for the radio He's one of our radiothon stars. He's like one of the top team members. He's there for the, the long haul, every radiothon. But he was traveling across the country and um, made an appointment, so maybe the it's at that stage where you just can't freely stop in. But at the museum in Illinois, Bishop Sheen's Peoria. homestead. And now where Bishop Sheen's tomb is. And now his tomb. So literally, um, within the last hour or so, Will's there praying at the tomb. And he said in a special way for all the radio listeners and supporters and all of your families. I mean, he's a man of great prayer. And, of course, we know Bishop Sheen was. So a lot of prayer being raised mm-hmm. up and needed on so many levels. So join us now, friends, if you would. And, of course, we're coming to you on all of our domestic church media radio stations, all of our audio platforms, also live at YouTube right now, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, live on our Facebook page, live video at facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So we're reaching around the world. Let's join our hearts and minds together as one in prayer and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God, the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and uh, also the Subtum Presidium prayer to Our Lady 
which Holy Father asks us to pray every day to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil, and we pray these prayers also now to also protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for pray us. For us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. All the angels, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, prayer, I guess this coming Monday, Bruce will be here. Yes. Right already again, third, first Monday. Wow. Um, and isn't this a beautiful time of year, this transition, you know, fall into uh, deep fall and then eventually, of course, Advent and Christmas. But right now, the feast days of um, St. Michael. Lots of feast days. Guardian Angels. Yeah. Yesterday, St. Therese. Mm-hmm. St. Faustina yeah. coming. Um, St. Francis. St. Francis, that's oh. right. That's right. All and the big ones. The Holy Rosary, as Bishop was talking about on mm-hmm. the 7th. Uh, but I, I, speaking of the bishop, I want to apologize. His program at three o'clock on the radio side was uh, a little wacky because it was—I uh, don't know what happened. Something went at one. Well, you had the double. <laughs> we had double. We had the network coming up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's going to re-air tomorrow at four o'clock. It re-airs again Sunday at ten o'clock, and also it's on right now on our YouTube channel. You can actually watch it. We posted that on the YouTube channel, so you can. Uh, do that at any time, so that that's available to you. So my apologies for that. They said it was a. It's been a hectic day. There's one thing happening after the after the other, and, and things simultaneously at the same time. <laughs> uh, and also, I don't know. You know, we've we've been airing. I think we're on. Today was the third day, and tonight will be the fourth day of the special novena that EWTN is airing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that they they begin one of the beginning prayers they pray is the Subtum Presidium prayer, mm-hmm. and at the end they pray this prayer. Isn't that beautiful? That we pray. Uh, Wasn't really. Wasn't planned that way. No, the same Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it must be a powerful prayer because when I was in prayer trying to decide what what prayer should we put on this card, indeed, I was led to this prayer. So mm-hmm. anyway, just to keep praying, keep storming heaven with those prayers, and and you know it's hard to keep up with. Some people are praying the novena um, leading up to October seventh, the Most Holy Rosary, mm-hmm. and then others are will be praying the novena to. Our country, I guess, which starts a little bit later in the month leading up to the um, election election day. Mm -hmm. And there's other 40 days for life. Of course, October being the month of um, respect life and the month of the rosary. I I think, you know, without even titling everything and Mm -hmm. marking your calendar, you're just all praying every day. Don't don't really get all caught up in well, what day of which? Yeah, novena. don't get different just numbers. Pray just as, pray as the, you'll hear the bishop if you haven't already. You'll tune in again or hear the replay. Just pray the rosary every day. Yep. I mean, it's our strongest weapon, right? That's right. Was it Archbishop Sheen who said that? This is or Padre Pio. Pio. Padre ah. Pio. Padre Pio. Yeah, mm-hmm. his weapon. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by James Day, who has written a book called. St. Michael the Archangel. So you stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your Joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let it be a sweet, sweet. That was Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I always think of, when I hear, who is that? It's Art. John Michael Hanna, H-A-N-N-A. He always sounds like he's Art Garfunkel. Art, yeah, the sad, gentle, soothing voice, and, yeah. and the song, too, lends itself. 
Well, uh, we were going to have James Day. Enjoy oh my us. goodness! <laughs> another another little. Um, this hitch is the beauty today. of live radio. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I called a few times. Seven one four. I think that's a California number. So three hours difference. Actually, I'll give you his. He's he uh, he is a producer and operations manager for EWTN's West Coast studio. Mm-hmm. At the Christ Cathedral campus in Orange County. So they might be He's having a day OC. just like we are. <laughs> might be. I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Well, there you go. If not, but uh, uh, there's always backup. There's always backup. You know, I, uh, I, we were, we, I, I guess I sent it to you yesterday, did I? Oh, this is fun. You know, every day it seems to be, um, especially this past week, somehow I've been just more recognizant of these days that are produced by who knows, somebody in the cloud, somebody at Hallmark. It was National Daughters Day. It was National Sons Day. Yeah, last Day. weekend was Daughters Day, and then I didn't know that. It, and then back back. followed right on the other side of that was National Coffee Day. So that like that weighs way up there for hmm. me. But you know, <laughs> we hear and God bless our church. You know, we have like as you heard Bishop talking about, hmm. uh, we have all these wonderful feast days. You know, we celebrate feast days with the month of the Holy Rosary this month. Right, right. A um, whole month dedicated. Yeah, and to you the go rosary. to the Holy Fathers. You go to the Vatican uh, webpage and you see the Holy Father's prayer intentions for each month. So all that beautiful, beautiful spiritual um, uh, combination of, of time and, and and focusing on whether it's an order or a certain right. Um, but we found charism. out that this month, October, is National Pizza Day. <laughs> now, did you find our National on Pizza the... Month? National Pizza Month, not just a day, a whole a month. whole month. And I thought, well, isn't that neat? Because there are only twelve months of all the things it could be. A whole month. a whole month dedicated to pizza. But and was this not on the Vatican so. website? No, we have the Vatican website. <laughs> Although uh, Pope Francis, when he first got elected, said the thing he he missed most about being just a regular cardinal was the pizza and going out to, for a pizza in Rome. He can still do that. He's surrounded by pizza. Well, I can't just go out. <laughs> they have to bring it to him. But anyway, so not only is it, I guess it's not just one 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 th- item that's celebrated for a month. It's a whole list of things. Like for instance, this month October, which you said is National Pizza Month. It's a number of things. American Pharmacists Month. Oh, I see. Adopt a Shelter Dog Month. It's Bat Appreciation Month. I don't know if it means animal or baseball. Or baseball bats. Um, (laughs) Probably both. Let's see. uh, This is Computer Learning Month. Country Music Month. Oh, wow. Um, Now, this is one resource you tap into? Yeah, it's it's called Every Day. It's... it's, uh, Okay. They list this, what this is, um, Family History Month, um, German-American Heritage Month. It's Italian-American Heritage Month, hmm. uh, I guess because of Columbus. He's still in the game. And then like Oktoberfests, right? Uh, Halloween Safety Month. This is all October. Other things that I won't bother talking about, there's some weird things in here too. Well, so much like the the bishop was saying, you, you almost have to pick and choose, well, which one am I going to prioritize for Sundays you know, there's vocation awareness. There's um, in honor of um, the immigrants and refugees. Refugee, yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, this Sunday, Respect Life Sunday, mm-hmm. right. even though it's Respect Life month, month, you'll hear it at your homily and in your prayer intentions on Sunday. We're having a prayer life chain, I, I guess. I'm not month. finished with my month business. Oh, I'm here. sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. On. I'm so excited about the, uh, the pro life. All right. Month. Yeah, we'll do that. Let me just finish and then we can. It's National Cookie Month, National Biscuit Month. Oh boy! Uh, National Cosmetology Month, <laughs> National Country Ham Month, uh, National Dental Hygiene Month. Uh huh. 
National Dessert Month. Anything goes, I guess. And we're worried about obesity. Uh-huh. <laughs> National Pizza Month, we know that. Um, National Seafood Month, National Stamp Collecting Month, National Toilet Tank Repair Month. Anyway, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's not just National Pizza Month. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Mm, so you get to pick and choose yeah. what you are going to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Polish-American Heritage Month. So Germans, Italians, and Poles. Oh, so I'm sorry. You had a, you have a prayer. Should be talking about prayer chains rather than uh, <laughs> That's right, all national this, uh, all this food. <laughs> but yes, in Flemington, this Sunday being Respect Life Sunday, at 2 o'clock for about 90 minutes, they... Uh, stretch alongside of Route 31 and into the on Main Street on, of Flemington. And it's something they've always done social distanced anyway, so it's not going to be canceled, where they might pray the rosary. Some people will hold up signs, respect life, and they say they get a variety of responses from some of the people that drive by. Yeah. But uh, to stand up and be a witness, you know, people wonder... What is that all about? And then maybe you hope they look it up and maybe Google, as the bishop said, you know, what is pro-life is not just the abortion issue. It's respecting life in mm -hmm. the womb to the last to the grave. of your days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So where is it in Flemington? On the circle? In Flemington, on right off of the Route 12 circle, where mm -hmm. 12 meets 31. And Flemington They stay is, around the circle? Mm -hmm. And then it that leads you over into Main Street. Oh, they actually cross the street, yeah. cross the highway. They meet there? at a. Um, they're meeting at what is called Plaza One Shopping Center. So that's right where Route Thirty One meets Route Twelve. Hmm. As a matter of fact, there's Italian People's Bakery is there. Gonna <laughs> be nice weather too, I think, on I Saturday know. and Sunday. So what a beautiful to two to three thirty, right there in the heart of Flemington, and. Uh, to be able to pray and give witness to mm -hmm. the cause of being pro-life. Right. The uh, let's see if I can pull it up real quick. The um, our bulletin board had a few things on there, but uh, maybe we'll do that next next hour. I can't pull it up that quickly. Um, so anything else you do have going on, you can let us. They can let us know. You know I'm wondering, will people be having blessing of the animals? I mean, sometimes you can't control how close the animals. You have dogs on a leash. Well, it's National Bat Month. Bring your bat. <laughs> uh, um, We're not having that. Usually we do, but... I, I it's do Sunday, it's... though. It's, it's overrides. Mm -hmm. I mean, God yeah. bless St. Francis of Assisi, but uh, it's Sunday. Unless they did it in the afternoon or something. Yeah. Respecting the life of your pets. And why, and why are not they doing it? Just because of the COVID thing? Well, probably for us, it's probably because it's Sunday where they are, they respect life is in the afternoon. They would normally do it in the morning mm -hmm. after the morning. Oh, mass. I see. Okay. So mm -hmm. It's probably just a logistical scheduling mm -hmm. thing. Blessing of the animals. Yeah. No, but yeah, but you see that, and not just Catholics will do that. I mean, other faiths have picked up on that too. Yeah. Well, just, they ought to be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> what was the weirdest animal that came to your blessing? Remember anything weird? Well, like dogs and cats, obviously. Right, but living in Hunterdon County and being close to farms, we've had horses. We've had really? a horse and a pony. Wow. Yes. And then you get and the, did little... the horse leave its little surprise there in the <laughs> parking lot. Where you, people, you do need to like have a little crew on hand. Um, we we hand out holy cards and little medals for the pets. You get the little um, gerbils and hamsters in the little cages. Everything has to be on a leash or in a cage. So maybe I could put holy water in my water gun and squirt your cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you can bless my little Noel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be great? I could Sunday no. I'll just chase it around the house with my water gun. But it'd be holy water. So holy water. Good, so there is, you know, right. fitting to the situation. <laughs> Blessing the animal. My poor cat. Now, I might be renting out my cat. You know, she's a little black cat. This is a popular month for a little black cat. I think we should give it to somebody. <laughs> Use it for their, their parties. Uh, but I think, did we read there's no Halloween this this month, this uh, year, or well, there is Halloween? How, how can one cancel Halloween? Who they can... did with the hurricane. Hmm. When Remember when the, the Sandy came through? The, the, they they said, no, no, nobody can go out trick-or-treating. Hmm. I, I, as I recall, am I right on that? I, I dream well. I thought they canceled it. That's possible. Mm-hmm. And of course, in bad weather, you don't do anything. But uh, well, yeah, that's part of it. But I don't think it was. It was. But it was a national. I think Go- Governor Christie at the time uh, in Jersey, anyway, said no Halloween. Yeah, something tells me. Which doesn't me bother me. Somehow, little neighborhoods are going to just get together for the sake of the children. And you know, what other holiday do you have a mask on anyway? And you're walking with your... But they don't wear masks like we used to wear masks, mm. you know, do they? I, I think they, you know, we used to, everybody had those... Those with plastic masks. Funny smelling right. <laughs> plastic masks with the... You'd sweat a little bit and it'd be like real plasticky. Yeah, it would smell. Taste and like smell. A little space in your mouth that breathes through you in the eyes and that was about it. And then <laughs> no, that, they don't that, really... that elastic that would go around the back of your head that would be broken before you finished trick-or-treating. <laughs> but you're outside, you know, yeah. and you just keep your distance from everybody else. I don't know. We are not the officials on that. We can't put out an official. I don't statement. think parents would be that comfortable with their kids trick or treating, mm-hmm. you know. And then candy from other homes, you know, the right. touching, touching, just weird times. That's oh, yeah. all. It might be that where the churches have their uh, what do you call them these days? Trunk or treat where they mm. decorate the cars. Where you know those handful of immediate families or your youth group or the Knights of Columbus sponsor something just on a small scale for the families that you know. Yeah. And it could be more controlled that way in a parking lot or something. Mm. Or the mall. You know, the stores are far apart. Malls are open. Yes. Uh, decreased hours, you know, used to be. How about numbers of people? Do they limit the numbers of people going in the mall? You don't have a lot of people going. I mean, I, I don't think. But I wonder if there is a, an official limitation. Like, uh, Chris, there's you walk. You know, there's. Right. It's not like you're all gathering in one central location. But. More so, they'll have the uh, the door greeter now guard, Counter. counting how many go in ah, the store. So there, oh, in the store. Yeah, because now look at Macy's is huge, but if you get a little jewelry store or some little boutique, they have to limit how many people are in that space. Oh. Yeah. But I'm just the mall itself. But I guess because people are moving around, yeah, um, they're not really that strict about it. But no. well, I think I think uh, <laughs> I think Jim's going to do the weather. I, I usually text him ahead of time, and I forgot to do that today. It was just we'll we'll try him. Busy, busy day. If not, I'll quick open the door and let you know what it's doing. Yeah, take a stroll outside around the <laughs> parking lot and see. Uh, I, I, it is a beautiful day now. But it's that time, you know, in the morning, It's there's a brisk chill. And, of course, this morning was damp. It was raining. You wear a big sweater. And then by, like, today, the, the sun came out. And if you stood outside for a little while or had to walk somewhere, you, you're peeling off the sweater and hoping you have a T-shirt underneath. Yeah. Well, I was I walked out of the house, and I had my short sleeves on. I keep thinking it's still summertime. But it, it is October. <laughs> so I forgot about Don't that the seasons it? do change. And the trees are starting to change color. I love, love, love this time of year. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, uh, coming up next hour, uh, we're going to give you a very special update on our friend Maria. Um, 
who was in the hospital up in, in Doylestown still, but and her family was gathering around her bedside today, uh, feeling that this might be the day that the Lord takes her home. But there have been some very interesting things going on. So I, I want to share that with you uh, next hour, though, because we're going to go to a break now and then Jim with the weather and play Name That Catholic Team. But I want to make sure all the information is that I have is correct. And then, of course, next hour we have the gospel reading for this coming Sunday, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And uh, our friend Father Gary Koch will give the reflection. And then uh, Mrs. Tammy Korber, who's the uh, head of the school at uh, Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist up in Ottsville, to talk about that uh, lovely academy and all the great work they're doing and how they're, how they're operating in the mm-hmm. current in the current conditions. And you notice the title Regina Academy. It was, for the longest time, a um, school that was part of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. It was just St. John the Baptist and Ottsville. And as, however, these financial uh, decisions are made, they were going to close that school. Mm -hmm. And the parents rallied together and worked together and were very, very dedicated. It's a beautiful little country school. And they became part of the Regina Academies, of which there are four. The first one, I think, was um, maybe Conshohocken, you know, somewhere on on that side of Philadelphia. And now this is the fourth one, Regina Academy. Mm -hmm. And the location is at St. John's. Mm -hmm. But she has taken that on. It's a classical education, if you don't know the definition of that. Do stay tuned and find mm-hmm. out what is that classical education. So we're praying for so many things. And also, um, if you keep in prayer, our daughter-in-law, uh, Tori, who's expecting any time now. She's due on said, Monday. <laughs> officially do. Joseph said, you said? They're still on standby. Standby. Standby yeah. mode. They're <laughs> just ready to go. Although Tori's always been on, she's been pretty good with her timing. She's, oh, she's, if anybody can keep a schedule, it's Tori. And we know that uh, <laughs> it's a little boy, so we're going to have another grandson, uh, another little Manfredonia running around. Mm-hmm. So it's like carrying on the line. See, for an Italian, that's good. That would be our second grandson, so the line continues. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll, and we love our Charlotte, who's well, our Charlotte first. Well, Charlotte is the special she's girl. She's the special girl, she told us. And she's going to be a big help, the older sister to those two mm, little boys. Yeah. And she's all about, you know, all that mommy-type stuff. Yep. So. All right, we'll take a break, and uh, hopefully Jim will be here with the weather. We'll see. It's surprise day here on Friday Live. It so certainly is. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist, Mr. Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hello, hello. Very good. How are you? I'm fine, but I'm sorry. I forgot to text you. We, I, it's been a, just a crazy day today. I've been multitasking multiple times and losing my train of thought. Yeah. So thank you well, for I being was, there. I was out mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be a nice day then. Thanks for the weather. Bye. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so mowing the lawn. My, oh, hmm. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter Margaret ran outside because I had I had WFJS on in the kitchen and yeah. she ran out and she said, Hey, but are you doing the weather today, Dad? Oh. And I said <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't know because yeah, because Jim Manfredonia just said, uh, "Let's see if Jim can do it." <laughs> thank goodness, my, please. Yeah, my thank bad, her, my thank bad. Her for us. Oh man, oh what a what a what a crazy crazy no, day. But no anyway, problem. No anyway, problem. so you'll have a firsthand report. You were out there in the weather. That's right, and you know we're all professional, right? So we're pretty flexible, and yes. you know, at a moment's notice, we can. Uh, you know, jump on and do what needs to be done, right? That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's right. So I know I, I said this morning when I came in early, it was raining and cloudy and damp. And then I had to get a couple things done here in the morning. I was locked up in the studio for a few hours and went out around noon and the sun was shining brightly. So you're mowing the lawn. It must be a great day. I still haven't been outside, but I just see that uh, some sunlight shining through the windows out there. Yeah. So it was that kind of day last night. Um, Late at night, around 11, 12, we started getting some little sprinkles. And then uh, this morning, you know, it was pretty much damp everywhere. Not a real heavy rain, but uh, certainly enough to mess things up on the roadways and get things wet. Um, but uh, I went on my bike ride around, what time did I go? Around 11.30, and you could see the brightening skies coming in from the west. Wow. Um, so that's, and that's what we have now, nice bright skies, northwest wind, crisp, cool October weather out there. And it looks like uh, that's going to continue into the weekend. At least that's what the weather maps say. So um, right now around the area, we are in the mid-60s, um, which is nice. You know, northwest wind mm. bringing in those, those cool temperatures. Uh, tonight, it's going to be mostly clear. We're dipping down to about 45 degrees. Those northwest winds are con- going to continue about 5 to 10 miles per hour. It's just going to be a, a gorgeous weekend. So Saturday, tomorrow. Mostly sunny skies, high in the upper 60s, around 67. Uh, Saturday night, mostly clear, low around 42, so getting a little nippy at night. And then Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 68. Sunday night, we get a slight chance of showers moving in and um, maybe becoming more numerous as we move into the early morning uh, on Monday. And Monday, that chance of showers continues into the day with a high near 65 degrees. And looking into next week, Looks like it's going to be a nice week. I don't see, you know, other than Monday, I don't see uh, a chance of any showers. We're going to have highs in the upper 60s to low 70s and lows in the upper 40s to, you know, around 50 or so. Well, that sounds typically October. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. And and I'm hoping that we get a little bit more, maybe sometimes in October we get some of those little warmer days and just kind of a little touch of, Late summer again, just to reminisce a bit, and then head into fall really hard. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that might be the pattern too. I've been watching a few of the longer term maps, and it looks like we're gonna have a 
you know, a period of um, normal to maybe just below normal temperatures. But it uh, looks like we may have a slight warm-up and then... Just like you said, back into the cooler temperatures. There we go. All right. Nice. Well, listen, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I pulled you away from your lawn mowing duties there. But uh... <laughs> no, you know what? It should be my son Timmy. My 17 year old should be doing it. So I'm going to get him out of his room and have him go out there. Tell him you have important radio work to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. All right, Jim. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate all you do for us. You and Jackie and your family have a beautiful weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You too. God bless. God have bless you. Weekend. Thank you. Stay Bye-bye. well. Bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. That's right. Time to name that Catholic tune. Well, we can depend on that. Yeah. I'm right across the table from you. You don't have to get me on the phone. You don't have to pull me away from the lawn mowing. But let that be a witness to all of you. Jim was out there mowing his lawn. Jim was mowing his lawn. That's wonderful. That is nice. So I think I do one more cut here in the property. I don't know. In the station property, you think? I usually remember remember mowing it in November. One last time, my hands were get cold. It was chilly. It out. seems like it, you didn't have to mow it a whole. Oh, lot I did. I just didn't. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the need was there. I think it was, but just... the flesh was weak. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Barely a handful of times. It so. was just you know. I, I I don't know. Well, I do know what it is. I mean, let's face it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining. But I was saying that there's just a lot. When you know, we have Other four things. operating stations. There's things going on. We're getting a new transmitter. All just all kinds of stuff happening, and, and then you know. Just a radio program every every afternoon. It's just mm. you know. Well, it's not like we're out there playing in the field. Let it look like a wheat. Or singing field. in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a song? Is there but is it's a... not. It's not today's Catholic tune. In fact, no. it's nobody's Catholic tune. That yeah. thing. <laughs> but, Although it is from Saint Francis. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right? The, uh, so it would be appropriate if I picked that one. I but suppose. That's one of those they're not really singing much Come anymore. Come dance it's in the too, forest, complain the fields. Too playful and light and sprightly, and it's not reverent hymn-like, uh, in my opinion. I even forget the name of that thing. Canticle of the Sun. Oh, Canticle of the Sun, of. yeah. St. Saint Francis. Yeah. Come dance in the forest, come play in the field. Oh, I don't know. I think those days are over. Are, do they, <laughs> Let's does, just does go they have, to church. No, but you know, it was, uh, it was that one hymn. Uh, that the same guy wrote, Marty 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 Hagen, yes. Marty Hagen knows. Um, it was the uh, gather us in. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Well, you figure they grew up with the same, you know. Shows that we did. So yeah, but now when people sing that, and well, nobody's singing in mass anymore, so forget about it. Mm. All right, well, let's get to the game here. Uh, Name that Catholic tune. Cheryl's going to give you some information about today's Catholic tune, and then she's going to play a little bit of it on uh, the uh, nine foot. No, with the nine foot Steinway we wheeled into the studio. Yeah, I wish. And then uh, (laughs) when you think you know what it is, give us a call at six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine. 493-8255. Now, here's some some clues. Now, we say this Catholic hymn, but it is found in uh, a variety of other denominational hymnals. 
It's quoted by prominent leaders, this text. Um, and this particular prayer has found appeal with diverse faiths encouraging service to others. So it's a very broad general theme. It comes from um, a prayer book published in France, well, maybe around 1912, maybe even a little bit before 1912. And it was published anonymously. And then it wasn't until 1967 that this poem was set to a chant-like melody by the name of a gentleman, Sebastian Temple. And, you know, I look back to review some of these facts and maybe do a little research. I was thinking it was from that Weston Priory. Remember Mm, that group up in Vermont? But Sebastian Temple was a, a South African songwriter. So I learned that. In 1997, this hymn, now setting the the prose to the melody, in 97 it was used in Princess Diana's funeral. Oh, it was? Yes. 1997. Oh, 97. It's been long ago. Wow. So, um, and our last clue, it is associated with an Italian saint, but the text has actually never been found in any of his writings. Mm. So. Okay. Shall we hear a little melody? 609-493-8255. When you think you know what today's Catholic tune is, give us a call. 609-493-8255. Can you hear that? Uh, A little louder. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Today's Catholic tune is six zero nine four nine three eighty two fifty five. If you think you know what it is, now's the time. And play for the fun of playing. Don't be afraid that oh, I called only a few weeks ago, or maybe I'm I'm not sure of the title, but I can sing some of it. Although we're, we're saying the game is name that Catholic tune. That's Could right. Be sing a piece of that Catholic tune, and I think the farther oh, there's a phone call. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Mary Ellen from Robbinsville, New Jersey. Mary Ellen from Robbinsville. Mary Ellen, what do you think today's Catholic tune is? Make me a channel of your peace. Yes! Very nice. Make me a channel of your peace, the prayer of St. Francis. St. Francis, Mm -hmm. yes. That's right, Mary. Very good. Now, uh, are you you in your choir? Are you you a church singer? No, I'm not a church. I'm not in the choir, but okay. I do sing it when I go to church. Good for you. Good for you. And what's your parish? St. Gregory the Great. Oh, oh, well, a great parish. We know them very well. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Marianne, we're going to put you on hold for a moment, and uh, Cheryl's going to get some information from you, okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks for okay, playing. Okay, hold on. And friends, uh, you stay where you are. We'll be right back with more. And here is, as a matter of fact, the prayer of St. Francis.
show your true light and where there's sadness always bring joy oh divine master grant that i may not so much to seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand to be loved as to always love another for it is in giving that we receive from you it is in pardoning that we are pardoned and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change and the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference church bells here i've got to ring those bells <laughs> That was, okay, so that's that was interesting. an alternate setting, as they say. That's right, and that was another one of the clues. But that's it's so typical of all the um, texts, all the prose, all the poetry throughout the centuries. Other people will take that text and set it to their own melody. So, I mean, we all know the other one. Make me a channel. And so you're saying that nobody can uh, historically put those words to St. Francis himself? Exactly correct. I didn't if, know that. If you read all of his writings. But uh, why is it attributed to St. Francis then? I don't know, but I, I did get a, we're going to have, we'll talk more about our friend Maria next hour, but Brian mm-hmm. just sent me a text. He said, I like Carly Simon's version of the prayer of St. Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So that was Simonetta. If uh, you listen to the, the rosary, that we play in the morning with Father Groeschel. Mm-hmm. Simonetta sings, you know, a little interludes and transitions in there. And, and on her CD, she took the text of... Uh, so she wrote that? She wrote that music. That melody? The music. Mm-hmm. But the text is drawn from, you know, the traditional prayer of St. Francis that we all know and we all sing. But that was one of those alternatives. And she does sound just like Carly Simon. He does, Isn't just she? like the other guys sound like Art Garfunkel. But we all <laughs> yeah. have our influences, you know. I mean, let's That's face right. it. We grew up with these guys. <clears throat> and there was somebody somebody else who, who had um, a sound like one of those singers from the 70s, I'm thinking. I can't think of who it was. But I remember that. I said, gee, that sounds just like so-and-so. Oh, was that the uh, Elton John one? Um, he was a con- He's a contemporary Catholic writer. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, they're obviously our influences. Well, of course. You know. I mean, just look at Anthony and how he writes. I mean, he grew up, he heard a lot of classical music, 
with me and, and Bach, and then he would play those video games when the video game music started getting away from the bleeps and the blips, and it was very symphonic. It could almost be concert hall music. And then he loved Brahms and, and all of that. And then they would watch The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, John Williams, like that, that type of music. And now he has it mixed in one big musical stew. Mm-hmm. But you could hear the influence of all those early um, th- things that he would listen sure. to. Sure. That's the way it works. That's it. That's it. But uh, again, it was Marianne, right? From uh, yes, Marianne Robbinsville, Robbinsville goes to St. Gregory. Gregory. And then, uh, now, is the official title of the of that song the Prayer of St. Francis? It or is. Yeah. Let me just see what make me a channel of your peace. Mm-hmm. And it could be listed either way in your hymn book. I've seen it listed as "Make me a channel." You can Every- make it appropriate to the month and make it uh, "Make me a slice of your pizza." <laughs> <laughs> we can work on that later, James. I'm thinking about that pizza now that it's National Pizza Month. But. Even in the hymnal, um, they say it's based on a prayer traditionally ascribed, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. But when you dig a little bit further, you find out it was just this anonymous poem from a French hymnal. And, you know, that's interesting. And I'm trying to think when we were in Assisi, was there anything. There, this would yeah, like up. was it on the wall somewhere? Was it <laughs> they make a plaque out of it or something and no. put it somewhere? There wasn't. No, no. I remember those two birds that were there. Remember those two doves? Right. Well, he loves the animals. But they said they would. They wouldn't. Remember, they were just happening. They they nest there. They would there. practically keep vigil as you entered the church. There right. was an alcove, right, and a statue, and like a nest or something, you know where he. But there were two live doves. But they don't put them there. They no. the, the doves come there by themselves. And like make the priors don't say, let's, let's yeah. make it a little bit more Saint Francisy and put some doves up there. No, no, no. They just they just decided they upon just, themselves. Yeah, the nest there. Yeah, it's not. It is pretty neat. neat. Yeah, but there is a in, in Assisi. I remember it was a, almost like a, you can feel the the peace. It was like a, a you could I can't describe it well mm-hmm. enough, but it, you, you could actually feel. The peacefulness when you were there. Right, right. Just real holy ground. You, and you know if you've been on pilgrimage and you enter some of these gorgeous shrines, mm-hmm. there's just something extra beautiful just in the air. The feeling that you get. And the Holy Spirit is just alive. Uh, that town in particular, though, set up on a hill, almost just nestled away. And a lot of those walls and the little veering roadways, mm-hmm. you know, little tiny switchbacks going up to the highest house on the hill. But it, there was such a um, an ancient look and feel to the town. Like when you walked in there, you were immediately transported to like the 1200s yeah. or something. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, you could feel it for a few hours or if you spend a day, but imagine spending three or four or even more days mm-hmm. there. You're just really away from the world. It's just nestled away. Yeah, and you're up on up away on a, on a hill, and it's very. I mean, there's it's you know there's narrow roadways as you say, but they Going climb. Through, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, Tuscany, right? Yeah, yeah. We there's, have to go back. Well, we should, when, once all this stuff is all over with, we can have another. But I don't know. Somewhere. We have to go before they lay off every single last member of the uh, airline, airline yeah, industry. It's a shame. Oh, we have so many people to pray yeah, for. Yeah, there's so much right now going on, and just got to keep keep praying, as we said with the bishop earlier. Uh, you know, we're not over. It's not the year isn't even over yet. There's still no. a few three months to go. So just keep praying and and keep our president and his and the first lady in your prayers. Um, you know, regardless of anything, you know, I, you read some of these things on online, some of oh. these nasty, nasty comments from people who don't like him, and 
it's just awful. It's just evil. It just and really is evil. Some of the things that they say, how would you feel? Let's turn that around and just let me say that about a member of your family. Mm. You wouldn't even put up with it. No, no, it's shame. Or your church leader or, no. or any other government official or some sort of, you know, town official that you admire. You would, you would never say such no, hateful no, things to a member evil. of the human race. So, I mean, he's stronger than an ox. They're both healthy. And I did not realize that was his age. They just seem, and she must be so much younger. She's younger than he is, yeah. yeah but just strapping healthy and he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. He's going to be absolutely fine. And the strain of this virus now has diminished. It's evol evolved into like a lighter... Um, attack on the mm -hmm. body and okay we gotta go so. uh, take a break here at the top of the hour uh, if you're on youtube or facebook we're gonna uh, check out of there for about five minutes but come back on at five o'clock stay with us friends next hour we have our gospel uh reading and the reflection today by our friend father gary koch uh some very important information to share with you about our young friend maria and also um mrs tammy Corber, who is the uh, head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist. So stay with us. There's more to come. Don't go away. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, listen Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There are six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, 
or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. I would always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, on many of you who have not been to confession for years, I make a bet it's on nothing. You're ashamed. There's nothing you could tell a priest he hasn't heard before. You don't want him to know who you are. Go to another city. Go to another state. Who's going to know who you are? God knows who you are. So all of these things that we're so afraid of, People's opinion, it doesn't mean anything. You know what our dear Lord said about other people's opinion? The opinion of men mean nothing to me. I always wondered how the liberals are going to interpret that inclusive language. <laughs> they wouldn't dare say the opinion of women don't mean anything to me. It must be the opinions of people. Whatever it is, opinion made nothing to him. Why? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, my friends, on this uh, lovely Feast of the Guardian Angels, October 2nd, 2020, First Friday. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Thanks for staying with us. We have a great hour ahead. We're going to begin, as we do every 5 o'clock hour, with the Gospel reading for this Sunday, which happens to be the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And our friend Father Gary Koch will uh, do the reflection for us. And uh, then we wanted to just kind of bring you up to date on um, what's happening with our young friend Maria. We've been praying for her for about a little, well, more than a year and a half now, uh, suffering from that tumor on her brain stem. And uh, just kind of bring you up to speed on that as well. Some, uh, some things happening here that we want to bring to you, your attention. 
Uh, and then later on this hour, Mrs. Tammy Corber, who's the uh, head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist up in Ottsville, Pennsylvania, to talk about that wonderful academy and also how they're um, coping and, and dealing with and, and doing the uh, the um, dealing with the COVID situation. The whole back to school. Dedicated teachers who want to be in the rooms with the children, children who want to be in the classrooms with the teacher, keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. All right. still safe. That's right. So let's begin with our gospel reading for this Sunday, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. None of us ever likes to receive bad news. When the phone rings at an odd hour of the day or night, that tingle of angst overwhelms us. The special report interruption during a television show never brings us good news. With the global pandemic, the uncertainty in the state of the world, and the political turmoil here at home over these past few months, there is no doubt that more and more of us are on edge than usual. Younger children, sensing the fear but not understanding the context, become even more anxious and act out in ways which only serve to exacerbate the tensions of their parents. There is a vicious cycle of anxiety that grips us when things are out of kilter. We all know the adage, don't kill the messenger, which was first used by the Greek dramatist Sophocles, who died in the year 406 BC. The Gospel passage, this 27th Sunday of Ordinary Time, draws our attention to a landowner whose tenant farmers revolted against him and abused the messengers who came to collect the rent. Finally, when he sent his son, they realized that this was an opportunity to rebel and seize the land, so they killed the son. The parable is certainly transparent to the very life of Jesus himself. We know that Jesus, the divine son, was sent to us and he was killed for our sake. 
The proclamation of the gospel since then has brought about a similar sense of rejection on the part of many, maybe even most people. In rejecting the message by hearing the gospel not for what it is, good news, but by hearing it as bad news, the messenger is often rejected and abused along with the message. We have over the last several months witnessed several egregious acts of vandalism against Catholic churches, shrines, and even the faithful. Owing in part to a wave of violence punctuated by a new iconoclasm and an undercurrent of anti-Catholic prejudice, these attacks are shocking to the faithful and the clear assault on the religious freedom and common decency. A few of the most startling examples from here and elsewhere will serve to highlight this issue. A 26-year-old man committed an act of vandalism on the graves of several Dominican friars at Providence College back in June. He allegedly painted swastikas and scrawled anti-Catholic slurs across the cemetery and on several headstones. Claiming that he was on a mission, a 24-year-old man crashed his car into the front doors of a Catholic church in Ocala, Florida this past July. He then poured gasoline in the narthex and set it afire, while several parishioners were inside preparing for Mass. Just last week, two men aged 20 and 25 desecrated the glass case of the statue of the Dormition of the Virgin Mary in Cantalnacenta in Sicily from which they ripped an arm and a gold brooch clasping a robe around the statue. The vandals also wrecked the altar, committing sacrilege against the Blessed Sacrament by smashing it open and throwing consecrated hosts on the ground. They removed the candlesticks and hid them hoping to return to retrieve them later. Police are still seeking two accomplices. The similar parables that we hear this weekend, both in the prophecy of Isaiah and the Gospel passage, do not only apply to the ancient times. It is in the church in the world, and not just in our country and Italy, but in China, Vietnam, Sudan, and India, where the messenger of the Gospel meets hostility, hatred, and violence. This is, as St. Paul reminds us in the second reading, not something about which we ought to be anxious. Rather, through a life of prayer and faithful dedication to the gospel, we can, in the face of hostility, still boldly proclaim the peaceable kingdom of God. Yet we need to be prayerful and mindful of the church in those vineyards, where the messengers are being beaten and killed for the sake of the gospel, which we all too easily take for granted. The fundamental message which we hear this 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time is to heed the message of the Gospel. It is by placing the Gospel first, through dedicating ourselves to prayer and faithfulness, that we welcome in the Son into our lives, following Him along the path of life eternal.
righty, welcome back. And uh, a little later on, we're going to uh, bring on uh, Mrs. Tammy Korber, who's the head of the school at Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist up in Ottsville. But uh, before we do that, you know, we've been praying for the past year and a half, a little more than a year and a half for our young friend Maria Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a, f- a member of the Domestic Church Media family in that uh, her parents, uh, Susan and Brian Middleton, uh, have sat on our board of directors for from, from the beginning. And uh, as you know, friends, we've been praying uh, fervently, and, and people around the world are praying. Maria, who is suffering from a, a tumor on her brain stem, we've been keeping you posted. But I asked today her dad, Brian, our good friend Brian Middleton, to come on and join us because uh, something today is going on that we want to share with you, and I'd rather have Brian explain it than uh, me trying to get through it. Brian, uh, you're on the air. Welcome. Hi, Jim and Cheryl. Hi. Thanks for, uh, thanks for everything, and thank uh, all of the viewers for their constant prayers. As I've mentioned to you before, our family is on the receiving end of so many prayers, and uh, it, it's the reason that we've been able to endure this. Um, you continue to lift us up, and we're just very grateful. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you sent me an, a text this morning, and, and um, the family had gathered at Maria's bedside this morning. But yeah. tell us a little bit about about that and what transpired. And well, transpired. yesterday, um, Maria began to um, deteriorate a little bit. Her, her uh, body temperature was dropping, um, and uh, she quit uh, being able to integrate the nu- her nutrition. And so uh, she was taken off the feeding tube. And so we we gathered together, you know, to uh, to be with Maria because uh, it, it didn't look doesn't look that good right now. Uh, and so, at one point later, late this morning, we were we were we prayed the Rosary, and then we did the Chaplet to Saint Michael, because of the Feast of the Guardian Angels. Mm. And and right after we we said Amen, uh, my phone rang. It was a phone number from Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, and it was um, a gentleman, a, a priest by the name of Monsignor SF, uh, who called out of the blue. Um, Someone had told him of Maria's condition, and and he um, he just picked up the phone and, and they gave him our number, and he called us. And uh, if, uh, he's an interesting uh, Monsignor. He's a he's a world renowned exorcist and, and healer whose spiritual father was is is Padre Pio, uh, and he he prayed uh, with us and with Maria for oh, for about five minutes, um, and and said that. Um, he thought that Maria would, would be healed. He prayed a healing prayer for Maria uh, and said that he would uh, say dedicate his Mass tomorrow for Maria. And um, he, he basically said that the Lord has more work for Maria to do uh, in, this bo- in this body on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's again, the way the Lord works. And, and, you know, you guys have been with us on this journey. You know that, you know, we've been living in the world of the unknown. Mm-hmm. The, the known has offered us no hope for Maria from the very beginning, and we've embraced the unknown, uh, the world of faith, and we continue to have myster- you know, mystical experiences. Uh, God is using Maria as a, a vessel of grace, um, and through her continues to defy all of the things that are known about Maria's tumor. And so as we, as we gather today, you know, thinking that we might be gathering to say a temporal goodbye to Maria. It's like the Lord just 
send us Monsignor SF, who we don't have a pre-existing relationship with, mm. uh, to, to deliver to deliver this message. Wow. Um, so we we wanted to share that with everybody, and we really want to proclaim. You know, there we want to proclaim this miracle. We want we, we want people to when this impossible happens to know that it is it is from the Lord, and He's He's raising Maria up for this time, for a message to the people to look to Him. Don't don't have faith in what is known because we have to find hope in the unknown. Yeah. What is so remarkable and astounding, Brian, is the great faith and the, the great hope and perseverance that you, Susan, all the family members, you have a nice big family, the support. I mean, that in of itself is such a witness to people because it's not tangible. It's the intangible. And, and these little touch points along the way you've had, you, you could write a book at this point, are those yeah. bridges to keep you not only just hanging on, but staying uplifted. And, and you've, you've once shared how you actually sense listeners pray daily. They, they either email, I get calls, I get texts, anything new, I'm still praying. I mean, it, it hasn't stopped since it's almost two years now. No, it, it, it's uh, yeah. We're we're entering our twenty first month, and and it's it's not just us; it's everybody. I mean, there are people praying around the world, and they don't quit. Yeah, you know, the people are committed to praying every day. There, are, we had one priest uh, who came to visit Maria recently, who said that he was aware of about two thousand priests and sisters that were praying for Maria mm-hmm. on a on a regular basis. Oh. But but this has become you know we keep saying that you know. God has raised Maria up. Her her hospital bed is an altar, an altar of her sacrifice, and she has said yes. She she accepted this suffering and has offered it back to the Lord to use in whatever way He wants. I mean, her act of faith has has turned her hospital room into a chapel and 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 this hospital into a faith community. And it's really it's not about us. It's about everybody. It's about her suffering has awakened so much love. And so much faith in others, and yeah. and true hope. You know, there is no real hope until you're facing a hopeless situation. Right, and and that's when you really have to step and continue to press into the Lord. And beginning on this day, it was almost like the Lord came down and and smacked us in the head and said, "Yo, we're not right. done. Right, we have more work to do." Because it makes no sense. I mean, yeah. so many things that we've experienced cannot be explained in. in, in the temporal world with 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 normal human intelligence. It's, right. it's just so far above us um, that he's calling all of us at this moment in time to believe in him. You know, Maria from the very beginning has told us, and this was 20 months ago, that she is tied to what's going on in the world. Mm. And, and this was before most of us really understood exactly what was going on in the world. Right. She's continued to tell us that. Uh, Maria, from the very beginning, reminds, continued to remind all of us that that faith is not an emotion, that our emotions will rise and fall in this journey, and that faith is a commitment, mm-hmm. and that no matter what it looks like, we have to continue to have faith in the Lord. Right. Now, you mentioned Monsignor Esif calling you this morning, and you did send me the—well, you sent me an audio, an audio or, or a text with the audio on it. Yeah. Just should I play this for the for the listeners? Is it, if if you think that it, that they're going to be able to hear it, I mean, I I, I, I think, think it's just an idea. Of, if if everybody can, you know, frankly, picture us, we're gathered around our beloved daughter and 
sister. Um, and, and we're dealing with this current moment from what's happening to her medically. And, and literally, after praying a prayer to the, to the angels, to the nine choirs of angels, the phone rings. And it's, anybody should Google Monsignor SF because he's, he's something special. Yeah. Um, let, me, let, me, let me play and, it because we're, we're running through the board. And uh, okay. we can we can we can amp up the audio and and uh, so we and I see on the because it's actually a video and I'm just gonna play the audio part obviously that yeah. you're actually holding the phone up to Maria I, I believe is that correct right okay That's correct. so let me play yeah. it let me play it. the right way I'm sorry you know what I'm gonna I, I thought it would come through my uh, through the phone but I, I couldn't I couldn't get it going that way well but his message his message was was clear that he, he was he was praying for healing mm-hmm. um, and letting Maria know that her work here wasn't done yeah. Um, yeah and giving you know again renewing our hope uh, and and teaching us you know, the, the lesson is here is that he's, he's all-knowing and all-powerful, and, and we're not. Uh, and, and he's so far above us that he can turn things that look like one thing in, in, into something else. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going so, to keep praying, and we know that our, as, as Cheryl said, you know, we get regularly, you know, our listeners, our family of listeners and viewers, they'll, they'll say, they'll ask about Maria, how she's doing, you know. So many of them joined in a few, couple of months ago when we were over there to broadcast the rosary. Uh, being prayed and and uh, you know so there's there's such a, a, a unique and a, and, a, and a bond really a worldwide bond of of prayers and family that come together to pray for her. But as you say, I mean she's defying all odds. I mean there's there's no yeah. medical explanation for uh, where she is today as opposed to you know where the doctors expected her to be today. You know, no, no, we she was we were told that she would be here for nine months after diagnosis. Right, yeah. and. Um, that's when she was landing for a mission trip in Uganda, and, and now it's 21 months into this. And, and um, you know, I, I know that as a family, um, this is a time of despair in the world for so many people, so many young people. Um, and, and we just want Maria and our experience to be a reason and a call for hope, um, a, a hope for things eternal. Um, and... We have to, you know, can, can you imagine if we could live our lives with absolutely no doubt that the Lord is in charge and leading us? Mm-hmm. How does that change our daily decisions and mm-hmm. the direction of our lives? Mm-hmm. Now, you, you um, are, we're going to have on in just a, a few minutes, uh, Tammy Corber, who's the head of the school at Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist, where, where Maria went to school. Right. Um, and you mentioned that you had the students pray today with a very specific way of praying and an intention. Right. What is that? Yeah, we, 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 we said, press in, you know, proclaim this miracle, pray, pray a prayer of proclamation. It's, it's it, it, with certainty that God would grant this miracle because when he does, we want to proclaim it to the world. Mm-hmm. We want to get out ahead of it. We want that message to be so strong that, that we are declaring and decreeing and proclaiming that God is going to, is going to grant this miracle and that, as a result, the experience that we can further dedicate our lives more fully to Him. Mm-hmm. 
and be the change, be the be the people of hope that we're called to be. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much, and uh, you know, uh, you know, our prayers and love you and Susan and the yeah. family and uh, all of our listeners. So you heard it, listeners. Uh, pray and proclaim the miracle, and uh, we'll yep. keep you posted. All right. Thank you. Thank you. you guys God, God bless you. God be with you, Brian. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. All right, friends, uh, you stay where you are. We're going to be back in just a bit with uh, Tammy Corber, so don't go away. There's uh, more to come. I believe in the Lord and the angels in the sky as they descend and speak to me from up in heaven. I Soul is my weapon. Oh, yeah. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> that, that's Jim on his bongos. <laughs> that has sure. nothing to do with the not CD. Not quite sure what that, how that went out. That, I think that, that just kind of came as a surprise. Uh, that was from World Youth Day when it was held in Paris, France. So that's the French uh, oh, influence okay. there. All okay. right. Very good. Well, we want to welcome to the program uh, Mrs. Tammy Corber. She's the head of the school at Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, Pennsylvania, a wonderful academy that's been uh, uh, doing great work with uh, our young people. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me on. Good to talk to you. Hi, Tammy. So great to hear your voice again. Oh, hi there, Cheryl. Cheryl's nice to hear here. from you, too. Yeah, good. And the last time we spoke, you were just getting ready to roll everything out and, and do it right. And so now, as time flies, we need to check in and say, how was your your reopening? It has been incredibly exciting. And I can't tell you, the energy in this building, you know, I counted up between the the day when the, the governor closed the schools here in Pennsylvania until we opened, and it was 170 days, mm. which is essentially a school year a school for year. these children. Yeah. Yes. That's how long they had been apart and away from the familiarity of the curriculum, the methods, their teachers, the structure, mm. and everyone was so excited to be back in place. I am sure. So we've had, we've had a great opening. For the listeners that uh, don't know a lot about Regina Academy, I did explain a little bit earlier how it is part of the four Regina Academies in the greater Philadelphia area and how at one time Mm -hmm. St. John's was an archdiocesan school and and through the efforts of the parents and the teachers to make a go of it and we're going to be a school come what may. Um, and that it's a classical education. So for those who don't know about this, can, can you briefly describe, like, the mission of the school and, and, and that type of thing? Sure. And the mission of the school is teaching children to know, love, and serve the Lord and leading others to do the same, to produce virtuous young people who will be citizens and leaders in their community as they mature and go out into the world at large. And we use a classical approach, a classical curriculum, which is essentially the way the church educated from its earliest days of the universities, uh, way, way back. You know, we're talking when the church was spilling out across Western Europe and the monasteries were being founded. It's an education that is rooted in relationship, first of all, and and foremost, between the teacher, the, the mentor, and the student. It involves discussion of the higher things in life, exposing children to that which is true and good and beautiful, and helping them see across the, the time frame of history that the struggles of humanity, the joys of humanity, the sufferings of humanity are the same, no matter the culture, no matter the background. And they can then look at those things through the lens of the gospel and the light of the church teaching and begin to have discussions at a level of what makes a good man, what makes a great man. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about uh, a historic leader, was he good or was he great, we need to define those two things first. In, in particular, in the recent, um, the recent history of classical education, we spend a lot of time teaching children Latin because it teaches logic mm-hmm. and it teaches um, 
order, ordered thinking, just intrinsic to the nature of the structure of the language. Latin is not a dead language. It's an immortal language. It's going to outlive us all, you mm-hmm. know, for those who think that it, it has no place in contemporary society. We integrate our humanities. So what we teach in history is taught, um, we use the literature of the era to reflect it. We use the principles of the church to draw in, in terms of how are these characters living their lives. And we do it with a developmental underlay so that the children go through stages naturally, their God-given development. And in the classical education, we call that the grammar stage, which is about kindergarten to fifth grade. Then they enter the analytic stage where they're really good at analysis. That's approximately sixth grade or so to around ninth grade. And that's when a child, for example, really knows how to recognize and then begins to learn how to form an argument. And when a child starts arguing naturally, they're ready for that type of of interaction in their curriculum. We'll give you something good to argue about, not just what makes a clean bedroom for mom on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Or whether or not there. What's that? Or whether or not to do the dishes and your chores. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then from there, the last stage is the rhetorical stage. And that's where the children have the maturity to not only form an argument, to, but to make it artful and to make it persuasive. And that probably age-wise is middle high school and then deep into the college years as the mind begins to, um, the brain matures, the mind, they've had more world experience. They can pull in everything that they've learned and then begin to recognize uh, where an argument needs to go. And particularly as Catholics, You know, again, immersing children in the good, the true, and the beautiful in everything we do from our fine arts to our literature selections to um, the way they conduct themselves in gym class so that when a child comes up against something that's not true, they'll recognize it. When they encounter something that isn't beautiful, they'll know it right away. They won't be confused by that. Mm. So those are that's in a nutshell, essentially, how classical education works and how we do it here at the Regina Academy. Is this something, Tammy, that um, is becoming more popular? I, I, I would imagine that it's, it's really private academies like your own that are doing this. I don't think it's really made its way, classical education made its way into um, more uh, widespread mainstream, mainstream uh, education uh, systems? Well, I would say it's been a growing trend probably the late 80s across this country. Mm-hmm. And there are movements, and some of them are secular classical schools, some of them are um, Protestant classical schools. And then, you know, we as Catholics are essentially reclaiming the church's you know, rich heritage of education and formation for children. And that's happening predominantly in these independent schools Mm -hmm. like this one Mm -hmm. and others. But also in places, I can tell you, the Upper Peninsula of Marquette, a number of years ago, the diocese made the decision that all grade schools will be classical Mm. in their curriculum. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to see that a lot. We're seeing in areas where diocesan schools like this one um, are are under the the gun for closure when they decide to give classical a try it turns the schools around just like that mm. it's happened in denver at our lady of lords one of the biggest example is the saint jerome academy in um prince george's county in hyattsville maryland that it, it was just a, a game changer for that community 
and those schools are thriving mm-hmm. and growing immensely because of the classical education. It embodies the authentic teaching of everything that the church has always held true. It's not trying to be something similar to what the world offers. Mm-hmm. It's distinctively different, and you know that is the biggest draw for parents. And I believe, honestly, for many parents who have have decided to keep their children in the home mm-hmm. for their own education. And when these classical schools emerge, those parents begin to say, you know, okay, so the, the church has found her way back to, you know, educationally to where she used to be. The, um, and this is a real great possibility for us, and that's how these schools are flourishing around the country. Have you found some uh, inquiries now with so many schools shaken? They weren't be able to. They weren't able to pull their plan together. Um, you know, inquiries as to if you are accepting new admissions or is your enrollment uh, the same as last year? How how is that affecting your numbers? Well, I'll tell you about 150 classical um, Catholic schools. Forgive me, Catholic schools in this country did not reopen in September. Oh, and I believe that. That's a cause for sorrow and for shame, mm-hmm. that there are now thousands of children potentially not getting the education that they deserve, mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, you know, there was a mission, and, and those responsible couldn't or, or didn't know how or, or step forward in, in faith to really make that mission and stay faithful to it that God had given them. Here at the Virginia Academy, we saw a huge increase. All of our schools did in interest and enrollment. We grew almost 30 children, new children this year, Mm. and uh, they are settling in nicely. They're coming from lots of different backgrounds. They're coming from um, the archdiocesan school system. They're coming from public schools. And after a month, I I did a round of phone calls with new parents just the other day, and they're so happy. Their children are settled. Some of the children, we have one delightful situation where young boy in in fifth grade he said i'm working really hard he said but i'm learning a lot at the same time (laughs) he recognized that this is a curriculum that he can and material he can access it's rigorous but it's it's attainable because we we align it developmentally so we've seen a great increase across the reginas and i can certainly speak specifically for us here in Ottsville of um and those are the, the families that did decide to you know that we admitted you know we have look at the whole process. Is the school a good fit for the child? Is the child a good fit for the school? Mm-hmm. A lot of things have to fall in place. And there were more inquiries than that, I can say. Mm-hmm. Now, for of course, we have a pretty wide listening audience here in, in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, for those of our listeners uh, who are not familiar with the area, uh, Ottsville is Bucks County. What would you call it? Would you call it Central Bucks? Upper Bucks. Upper Bucks it is. Okay, so it's yeah. a little... little, little considered Upper Bucks. Upper Bucks. Kind of past Doylestown, north of Doylestown. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so but as far as your student body goes, are they coming from areas that maybe would seem would be uh, farther away than you would expect because they want this particular education? Yes, yes. We have children from as far away as Warminster and Allentown. Wow. So we've got quite... and. Six different school districts, mm-hmm. yes. at least, that are bringing that are bringing students in. We have parents who travel quite a distance, whose children were in other Catholic schools, and 
wanted something different, and they moved their children into this classical school, and they're thriving, and their children are now in, in places of true leadership mm-hmm. because their gifts are here and in a way that's really emerged. It's fascinating and rewarding to be a part of something that offers so much hope to families. Well, when you we say, are a very tangible place of hope when, for families that are looking for something mm-hmm. when you that's say, not common core. When you say when yeah well, when you say parents are looking for something different, what what is it about the what is, what is what difference do they want? What what are they? What's making them come to your school compared to where their their children had been attending? It can fall into a number of categories. One is the environment. Are my values that the the virtues that I want my child to grow up and to express are they being exhibited and supported in the school system? All right, there so. Here, we're not dealing with the societal um, issues of of things that would be against church teaching, Mm -hmm. let's put it that way, Mm -hmm. antithetical that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not dealing with those kinds of issues. You know, society is eager to push really young children into very adult ways of thinking and acting. Mm -hmm. And here, this environment is nurturing. It is safe. The children are like young plants that you don't immediately put outside. You take care of them and get them strong in an environment where they can withstand, and that's how they'll be when they graduate from here. It's the authentic Catholic teaching that follows tried and true. We are magisterial. Our teachers at the beginning of the year, our opening mass, they came up before the congregation and they pledged their oath of fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And we do that publicly as a witness to the children, to the parents, to the parish that was with us that we will stand true to the Church. It's the education itself. The Common Core curriculum is widespread across the country, and it offers something that we believe isn't thorough enough for children. It's definitely intensive in terms of assessment-focused, testing-focused, and we're focused on the child, not on giving assessments and then moving on to the next thing. We look at what does a child know and what do we take them Where do we take them from there? But we have to know what they know first before you can teach the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so this curriculum is rooted in discussion that way and an understanding in that relationship with the child. It's not um, assessment heavy. I'll tell you, when I interview teachers who've taught in the public school system and they ask about it and I explain how we operate as a classical school, I see the shoulders drop in relief. Mm -hmm. They said, I had to give so many assessments to children. Mm -hmm. It just hoops for them to jump through. So the difference between us and the Common Core curriculum, and then of course the content, the content of everything we choose, we choose very carefully and very purposefully. We don't have um, wasted exercises for our children. Every single assignment has a meaning and it has an intention behind it. So children aren't filling out worksheets, for example, just to fill time. Mm-hmm. There's there's purpose and, and integrity behind what we're doing in terms of what we want them to learn. We're teaching them how to think, not just what to think. Right. And that's a hallmark of classical education. Right. How about the fruits of the education beyond when, when, when students leave your school? What are you hearing back from them or their parents regarding their high school years or now I guess the school's been there long enough, their college age, kids go to college. What kind of feedback are you getting beyond graduation? We are getting consistently um, students who come back and parents who come back and say, thank you. My child is able to withstand the pressures. And the high schools, there's no way around it. 
there's pressure there, even greater for those children at that age. Whether they're in the public school system or they're in private school systems, they're coming equipped. They're able to step up and take on the workload because of the skills. Like I said, teaching children how to think. Our process results in lifelong learners. And the feedback from the teachers when they come back to our teachers and say, you know, your student's done really, really well here. We've seen it with our students that have had scholarships. Anywhere they go, these students do well. They don't have to just go to, for example, a classical high school or a liberal arts college. Would I desire that for them? Absolutely. But children go to all, all different types of schools, and they've all done well because the process is teaching them how to be learners and how to acquire the skills for learning. So you put something in front of them, and they know how to, they know how to tackle it. Right. And the children come back and resonate. They're happy when they come back. They're telling us in many ways how easy the work is and the things they're prepared for. I had one student last fall who came in. He said, I am so grateful for what I had here. And he referenced our eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Lennox, her writing class and what she taught me. He said, my first paper, he said, no one in my class knew how to do a footnote. <laughs> he said, and wow. I knew how to do all of this wow. type of thing. I just wrote my paper and, and moved on with it. Yes. And the skills that are taught. So lots of good fruit there. And I can speak in a broader sense to the upper levels. I have had the opportunity out when I was in another part of the country to hire adults who have gone through classical education, grade school, high school, and at the college level. And I can assure you, those young adults bring so much to the workplace. Mm -hmm. I hired them as teachers, and without having a teaching certification, which typically gets in the way of being able to do what one needs to do in a classical school, that those, those adults that I hired were outstanding, and the parents saw it right away. Mm -hmm. They were very impressed at what 22-year-olds could walk into a classroom mm -hmm. and handle the 7th and 8th grade, for example. Wow. They were they were just amazed, and and many of these parents weren't even Catholic, mm -hmm. and yet they embraced them, and they were like, "Wow!" And I said, "Yeah, this is the fruit of a liberal arts education. It's the education that every free man received in Western civilization so very long ago, yeah. and it sets the the person free, free to be ultimately who they are in Christ, free to think right things and to think well. It's a it's a liberating experience for all who go through it." Well, Tammy, that's beautiful, and again, we're out of time, but I want uh, the listeners to know we've been uh, talking with Mrs. Tammy Korber. She's the uh, head of the school at Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, Pennsylvania. For any listeners uh, who are tuned in right now, Tammy, how can they find out more about the Academy? What's the best way to do that? I would say head right to our website. It's www.rasjb for Regina Academy. Stjohnbaptist.org. And you'll find lots of information about classical education there, our contact information, and we're happy to, to support and answer questions for families who are wondering about their children. What can I do to help my child um, have this type of an experience? Well, that's great. We appreciate all you do, and God bless you and all the good people at uh, the Academy. And uh, thanks for being Thank with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you we so really much. We really appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank right. you, Tammy. Stay God well and all the best in the year that's unfolding before us. You're doing great work preparing them for life. God bless you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye. All right, friends, you stay where you are. I'll be right back. 
It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. I got him mustard and mayonnaise for his sandwich when we were having lunch. Today we've actually organized a date night tonight. And silverware and napkins. Wasn't that wonderful? What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. I took the baby while she worked. I suppose I I, I didn't yell at him for anything yeah, at all. Done. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah, I've carried my wife's purse. What have you done for your marriage today? What have I done? I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All righty, welcome back. And again, thanks to Tammy for uh, sharing the good news about the uh, Regina Academy up there at St. John the Baptist, Ottsville. Did you come with me? We had a visit up there. Did you come or did I go by myself? I don't think I've ever been there. You know, it's it's just such a, a little treasure, that family atmosphere. I was I was on the, up there on a few occasions because it is right next to St. John's. And on a rare occasion, I might have to go and play a mass or help with something. But um, it's just that family atmosphere, you know, like the, the country school. And it's a, it was a beautiful ride. I wish we lived closer. Makes you want to go back to school, doesn't it? Oh, I never really was very studious. <laughs> I loved school, but I think I would have really embraced I, that My mother school. used to laugh because, you know, I just, I just, I just wasn't, I, I like to learn on my own pace, my own way, and what I want to learn. So you That's, would have homeschooled yourself. I, I did, basically. <laughs> but my mother would laugh then because my first job out of college, I was a teacher. She said, how can you be a teacher? You didn't like school. <laughs> you know, isn't that the way I'm thinking of someone, if I will mention no names, but she was a, she was a, a handful in school. I knew her in grade school and high school. And then, um, you know, she was the one that would usually really push the teacher's buttons and well, same see, thing think, she gets out of college and now she's a teacher well, i think that's i think the part of it is is that as a student for me personally it was like i can't sit here and listen to you i'd rather be doing that myself so mm. then you get a chance to be a teacher and then now did. i'm in charge and now they know how to handle those people that they were so many years ago that's right well our time is up friends we want to thank you for being here today and uh, pray it sounds like it's going to be a beautiful fall weekend so get out there and enjoy it the fresh air. Thanks to our guests and uh, our winner, Marianne, her name that Catholic tune. And Brian, keep Maria in your prayers, my friend. Just keep praying for the, and proclaim that miracle, and we'll keep you posted. And uh, 
Have a great, oh, Monday, Bruce will be here at uh, 3 o'clock. So That's right, so call in your prayers, and we'll talk to you next Friday. God bless you.